Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Love Hour podcast. I am your host. Are you doing music? No. Oh. I'm just excited. I'm your host, Miss Kev on stage, here with Kev on stage. Your co-host. Please introduce me correctly. Here with my co-host, Kev on stage. That's not a thing. I am your sidekick. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on the pod. I'm really excited. Oh, about... as if you don't come every single huh. week. I mean, every time week. I'm here, I'm glad to be in the service. Wow. Glad to be in the service. One more day. He's blessed me. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do. You know that song? No. You know? I ain't saved. You ain't. Your mom was listening to Anita Baker while I was listening to Hezekiah Walker. That's You're not well-rounded. And that's why, <laughs> that's why I know <laughs> this and you don't. So... Normally, I would start off with an Audible recommendation or a book recommendation, but I ain't got one. You ain't been reading? No, it's the same week. We have recorded like four podcasts in two days. So, um... <laughs> Next week, you'll have one. Probably not, because I'm not done with Esther Perel, Arc of Love. Okay, for the new listeners, tell them what the first two books you were talking about It was were. just Becoming and Esther Perel's Arc of Love have been my most recent recommendations. Becoming by Michelle Obama. Becoming by Michelle Obama. If you have to pick between the two, I would pick Becoming first. It is like a 17 or 19 hour read if you are doing the audio listen, but um, it's worth every minute of the 17 hours or 19 hours, whatever it is. Woo! Yeah, it's long. That's a, that's a doozy. Towards the end, I was like, okay, auntie, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Um, but it is worth every bit of it. Yeah, so anyway, those are my... What's Esther, Esther Perel's book called? It's not a book. It's just her podcast on um, marriage counseling sessions that she does live. And got it's it. called... <sighs> because I yawned that when you yawn, cause me to yawn. It's a proven fact that I'm not a sociopath because socio because socio sociopaths don't have empathy. They can't express empathy and yawning when someone else is when someone else is yawn when someone else yawns. Mm -hmm. I struggled all over that sentence. Yawning when someone else yawns mm -hmm. is a sign of empathy. So were you like? I didn't sure know for sure. I didn't know for sure until this very moment. Like, oof. Which side I was on. I need somebody to yawn. But that just confirmed. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm not a sociopath. I need somebody to yawn because I don't know these thoughts I've been having. I've been watching Dexter for yes, no reason. Yes, that's where we got it from, Dexter. You remember that episode? No. When they said that? That ever happened? Yeah, in a Dexter. I've forgotten that show because of the way the last season ended. Oh, yeah, it was awful. I have to pretend that season didn't, didn't exist. doesn't exist. Okay, so... Moving on from my book recommendations, we're going to go into This or That. This or That with Kevin Liss. <laughs> so this week's This or That is Thanksgiving or Christmas. As a holiday? Yeah. <clears throat> because this is going to come out during the holiday season mm -hmm. before Christmas? Okay. I'm just thinking. Do we have to pick different ones? No, you can pick whatever you want. I think I prefer Thanksgiving. Me too. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think um, probably because it doesn't have the gift aspect. That's me too. Now let's take out the origins of Thanksgiving. Let's yes. Just remove that. I'll, yes. Just hold on though. When you do that, is it is it the same thing as about slavery? Let's just like pretend that didn't happen. That's not oh. what we mean. 
We ain't Maybe. even on that no Actually, more. Actually, that was a good, like, yeah, probably. They're just trying to erase that history and be like, yeah, but we ain't even doing that. We just eating. Yeah, it is kind of disrespectful. Oh, I'm ashy. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Um, We'll deal with that part of our lives off the air. But I like Thanksgiving because there's no gift aspect. It's just food, family, fatness and sleep and that's what i love the most and also pumpkin pie i eat it i like it i'm proud that's of the it. discount code for the month of december by the way that's right <laughs> this past thanksgiving was great we went to columbia south carolina melissa's sister her auntie lynn cooked i had had one thanksgiving ruined before um when we went to ben's house and Auntie Lynn turned in. She did a great job. Top five Auntie Lynn, if you're watching this, shout out to you, man. Auntie Lynn was both an amazing chef chef, and the most hilarious person She's in Melissa's so family. She was great. Boys love her. She's hilarious. Her greens were great. Her turkey was juicy and delicious. She was she was rocking off. She didn't miss it. no. The macaroni and cheese was good. The greens were good. The uh, dressing was good. She didn't miss nothing. No yeah. meat, no side. And she was entertaining. And she was quite entertaining. And she was the best. So shout out to Auntie Lynn, Toledo, Ohio. Stand up. I love her. Um, the one thing I do like about Christmas, um, which we don't really see anymore, is the boys' faces when they open their Christmas gift. When they, they don't even really get, get gifts anymore. No. And let's tell them why we don't go hard on the why gifts. Why don't you go hard on the gifts? You want me to tell them? Yeah. Our kids got too spoiled. I, Whose fault is that? I will <laughs> admit that I overcompensated for my childhood's lack of, uh, uh, my my family's lack of ability to get me all the gifts I wanted. They definitely had the heart. They just didn't have the finances. So I did not get the talk boy from Home Alone that I wanted. I didn't get a lot of things that I wanted, um, but health and love. I yawned again. So no, not sociopathic. Definitely not sociopath. Um, so I didn't get a lot of things that I wanted and I wanted to make sure my kids got everything that they wanted. The problem with that is getting everything you want makes you less appreciative of the things you get. And the boys get a lot of things throughout the year that I don't think that they should just on Christmas then turn around and just get all the additional extra things, which at this point they're like I think I want this just because I haven't gotten it throughout the rest it was of the so days of bad. the year. And I don't want to raise just entitled children either. So I knew it was bad. Melissa used to always say I spoiled them. And I was like, nah, nah. But it got to a point where I had to make a rule that my kids couldn't get a toy they previously had and lost or broke when we go back to Toys R Us. Rest in peace, Jeffrey. And that's when I was kind of like, ooh. Yeah, like you're the doing fact that I have to make that rule means that. And that's uh, what I'm saying. They're getting way too many things throughout the year to turn around and get a ton of things on Christmas just because it's Christmas. Right. But no. And what, no. What happened was in between one year, in between Christmas and New Year's, they either broke or stopped playing with everything they got. Or I threw them away. Or Melissa threw them away. And that January 2nd, I was like, this is pointless. This was totally pointless. So for probably the last five or six years, we haven't given them any huge gifts on Christmas. We've opted instead to give them memories and we take a family vacation and we go to different places, Vegas, 
uh, we went to Toronto. We went I to, think that's infinitely more important than infinitely more. Especially, I just feel like kids. I mean, and I get it when kids are young, it's important to receive gifts. Not that it's important like that, but it's important to them just because you don't want to feel like the odd man out when you go back to school and everybody's like, what did you get? And you're just like, I didn't get nothing. Like, I understand <laughs> as a child, that is important to you. In right. the big scheme of things, you know, in your in your life, that doesn't matter. But in that moment, that's like, that does matter to yes. you. So I do understand that. Um, but I am grateful that my kids are old enough to not want to play with toys anymore. So we don't have to spend a bunch of money on toys that they're going to forget about or not care about or want the next new best thing come February anyway. Right. Uh, I just think it's such a better use of money. And I think they appreciate it even at this age. Like they I do. Really and I think asked. when they, when they grow up, they'll, even if they don't, when they grow and they're, they haven't in the years we haven't gotten them present, they haven't been like, but I didn't get anything. And we've got them stuff. But, but they usually get light, like one gift card, like one item. There was one big month, item. Man, there was there was years where they'd have 20, 30 gifts under the tree each, and it was just ridiculous. They would they didn't have the nerve to be tripping about one man that they didn't get. Yeah, I don't like that. Melissa's so against raising spoiled kids, so uh, I am too. But I was also spoiling them, so I wasn't nearly as against it as she was. But I like to tell Kev's myself against I love. it in theory. He's not against it in yeah, practice. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So I do like now the thing about Christmas that I like is Christmas carols and like Yuletide. It's just a great word to say. Yuletide greetings. I actually enjoy the hustle and bustle of this time of year as much as I like going to the mall and there's like a gazillion people there i also genuinely love going to the mall and there's a gazillion people I, you there. you do i do i i, I think it reminds it. me so it just puts me in the mindset that it's christmas and everybody's like shopping and in a good mood and like i don't know why you can be a tightwad 10 months of the year <laughs> and then come black friday all bets are off. You're spending <laughs> all the money you shouldn't spend. All the, And not that I'm saying that's a good thing. Right. I'm not. Right. I'm just saying that it's, <clears throat> it just, I don't know. It's just that time of year where you're like freely giving. And it can be stressful if you don't have it. I understand that as well. But just the idea of like spending time with family, the excitement of your family coming together, um, the clapbacks that are always circulating on social media are always hilarious. Um, the new bombs that are dropped at family meetings, like all of it. I'm just here for, I enjoy it. You like the bombs? I don't like the bombs, but they always create great memories. Agreed. And that's what I think this time of season reminds. It's just, it's a time to create memories. That is true. And you know, I always thought we would like, um, have a family tradition. Like, oh, we're going to remember one year we tried to do the tree. I want to have a family tradition, but you're a hater. We just be traveling. I think our family tradition is traveling. No, I'm about to. I just started last year and I'm about to do it again this year. Family tradition of pajamas. You did start that last year. How many years does it have to be before it can be a tradition? I need to at least hit two years in a row. (laughs) But how many years makes it? Because we've been traveling for Christmas for five years. Then that's a tradition. I feel like I can't tell if my highlight looks good or if it's like too much. Girl, you look good once you back that thing. Oh, we're here now. So I you're no a choice. big fine woman once you back that thing. That Call was my big backup. Daddy when you Is back. this all shoulders? <laughs> so we both agree that when it comes to this or that, we both choose Thanksgiving. 
Amen. God says, been this or that with Kevin Liz. Hallelujah. Okay, so now that that section's over, we're going to move into the topic of the day, which it does segue a little bit, or they connect a little bit, and that is the impact of your family and of origin mm-hmm. on how you interact now as a husband, as a father, as an entrepreneur, all of those things. So you're just a little bit of like theory. Um, your family of origin is, it's a lot of things, but specifically it is your, the relationship and how you fit in your first home. So that would be your mom and your dad or your siblings, and maybe not your mom and dad, maybe you're raised by a family member or, or whoever, but that original setting that you were raised in, uh, that structure, how they did things is going to leave an imprint on you and you will take that with you into your own home. And it's not just like I was the oldest or I was the middle child. It's not just that. It's also the idea of re- whether or not you were born in a Christian household, a Catholic household, like religion is going to be layered on top of that. Um, how strict your your parents were are going to be layered on top mm. of that values whether that was like education or work is going to be layered on top of that like all of those things are going to play a role in your family of origin and you are either going to um propel or yeah i would say propel those ideals forward into your family or you are going to rebel against them but it's all going to start like your where you're pointing will all be in association with your family of origin. Does that make sense? So, yeah, if so you're no matter going what, forward, it's based on that. It's based you're on either that. Rejecting Even if, or accepting exactly. It. Either you're rejecting or rece- accepting it. And it's always going to be based on that family of origin. So there could be a lot of like crossover between you and your spouse family of origin. And there could be things that are like completely opposite. And there could be things that were crossover, but your spouse has decided to reject or you've decided to re- reject. And now that cause causes like crossfire between you and your spouse makes sense okay yes so we have a lot of things in common with our family of origin we were both raised for the most part in a two-parent household right parents are military um christian to varying degrees to varying degrees of what savedness well and i was gonna say that Mm -hmm. so what's interesting is that while we are both raised in like a christian household I was raised more non-denominational, turned Kojic later in life, and Kev was raised... Apostolic till I die, Acts 2.38, tatted on my back, Jesus only, what's up? And I didn't even know that that PAW, all of that, I didn't even know that was a thing, to be honest, until I moved to Washington State. Like, even though my mom was saved... Hello? You didn't know about PAW until I told you what it was. Okay, so first of all, that's not true. When did you learn about PAW? When I moved to Washington because the church that I went to was Kojic. But who told you about PAW? Kojic and PAW ain't the same thing. No, they're not the same, but I had to learn now all about these denominations and where Kojic fit. You helped me learn history. Who told you about PAW? What did I just tell you? Who taught you? I heard you, but what was the man's name or woman? Pastor David A. Davis. He told you about PAW? No, actually, I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. I think you may have introduced me to a deeper level, but I learned about denominations, period, upon moving to Washington State. So you State. didn't even know what Kojic was before you moved no. to Washington? Just military, non-denominational? Because we grew up in the military, I only went to the chapel. 
the military oh, chapel. Military is like and the military. The exactly the military. The chapel that's on a military base has the Catholic service, the Protestant service, and the Black service. And the Black service never is really a deeply denominational. It's never it's a POW or It is the original non-denominational. Right. It's like, um, what do you call it? I, I, I use the word light, but not in a negative connotation. I mean, they just mean it's a military base, so they need to appeal to as many people as possible. So and, you uh, and not only that, it's just convenient. You're not yes. always, for example, I lived in Germany, so going off base means going on to the economy right. and potentially going to a church that doesn't speak English. That's not really an option. No. So the only church that I could go to was the church on post. Man. And so, that guy's just another guy in the military. That's what I'm saying. And so you end up having these very basic level I don't want to say basic. I would almost actually argue that they're fundamental um, ideas about Christianity that aren't associated with you must be baptized this way. Right. It's just, do you love Jesus? Do you accept <laughs> him in your life? Have you repented of your sins? Okay, you are now saved. <laughs> do you love Jesus? That's good enough stuff for I, us. I mean, honestly, it's very just those very fundamental. It's not like nitpicky. And I think mm -hmm. once you get into like, once you start sprouting off in religion, um, it starts getting nitpicky. Yes. Like this is the scripture we're going to focus on because we've decided that is the truth. And at the end of the day, it should just be about Jesus. And I think, and honestly, I appreciate that upbringing because it didn't have me so tied to, I need to be PAW. I need to only wear pants. I need to only wear, like, it wasn't about that. It was truly about my relationship. Yeah. It's interesting because when I met you, I grew up PAW and we, in, in my church, uh, for those of you who don't know, PAW is Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. It's a division of the Pentecostal Church. Which Kojic, is a break off from Kojic. Kojic is also a Pentecostal Church, Church of God in Christ. There's UPC, United Pentecostal Church. There's all types of different branches under the Pentecostal tree. A lot of them um, came up during the Azusa Street revivals. And then like... See, all this stuff I didn't know. A diff <laughs> Different interpretations of, of a couple of scriptures is what breaks off Kojic and, and PAW. So in my home church, it was um, Acts 2.38. We always say that scripture in the Romans road and you baptize in Jesus only. And you, in order to be saved, you have to speak in tongues with the utterance. Someone else has to hear you speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. And from my understanding, when you were Kojic, you didn't have to, somebody didn't have to hear you speak in tongues, be different. And you could be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. If you're Kojic and I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. I know more about PAW than anything else. And I don't know enough. So when I started dating Melissa, um, I went to her church and she went from track practice or from school. Track practice. Track practice. Was it track practice? Because mm -hmm, I had a suit. Oh, you have a track suit on. Went from track practice directly to church. And although I commend her, commended her religion and love for Jesus, I could not get past the fact that she was wearing pants to church. I was like, oh my God, this girl, this whole family ain't safe. Ain't nobody And safe. that was so new to me. How? That Can was you not so have a new skirt to me. In your backpack? Listen to me carefully, people. And all of you that were raised PAW, listen to me carefully. On a military base, people are coming direct from work, from mm -hmm. PT. People are coming direct from the field sometimes. And they sometimes their safe haven or where they want to go immediately is to church. So they're coming in uniform. So they're coming in uniform. And this is women too. Pants. 
and that and so it was never a thing and i would i would i i mean i don't want this to get a deep conversation about religion because i don't want to offend people but i commend the heart that says i just came from pt i just came from the field i just came from work and I would, I want to go to Bible study and to ensure I don't miss that opportunity. I can't go home. Cause if I go home, cause I if I go home and I shower and I change clothes and put on what you have deemed appropriate, mm-hmm. I may grab pajamas instead of a, <laughs> instead of a skirt. Or just by timing, I won't have, I might or not have just the time. simply by timing, I, was... I may not have the time. Yeah. And so I've always thought this is me, myself and I crucify me if you must but i've always commended the heart that would rather do that um another thing that could potentially impact your relationship and this is something that i actually have recently i was just listening to this podcast and it was so good oh my goodness so many great points that they were saying it's a three-part series um but how your household operates man now that's a different story so in my household um, my dad was the primary breadwinner, always been really good mm-hmm. with money, but I would definitely say my mom more so called the shots. Yeah. And I always made a conscious effort to like, to ensure I allowed you to lead. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. That, and I agree with that. That Okay. But what happens, I appreciate that. Oh, well, so one of the things that can happen and I actually do feel has happened to me and I'm trying to like unravel some of that is that in trying to ensure that mm. you are leading so let me just back up i'm gonna say what they said on the on the on the on the podcast i was just listening to on the pod. so good so what she was saying was that you have there is a melissa shaped space in the world mm-hmm. the space in the world that melissa should occupy this is my space and a lot of times as women when we um when we allow this like patriarchal society or we allow our husbands too much to leave where we end up lowering ourselves Mm -hmm. or like crouching in our own space, we don't feel what we should occupy in the world. You end up being a smaller. Okay. So if this is my space, Mm -hmm. I won't use, let me get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Hold on. I want to, I want a visual though. So hold on. Um, because I want the visual. For those of you who are listening, she has a big jar. I'm going to explain. So this is a jar and it has stuff in it. Okay. This jar represents my space. Okay. This is the Melissa shaped space in the world. Mm -hmm. A lot of times what happens is we crouch in our own space and we don't take up everything that we actually are. So we end up only being this in our own space. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we end up shrinking who we really are, thinking we are doing the right thing to allow our husbands to lead. Right. And because, and what happens is, and this kind of goes back to this idea of, of, of um, husbands being, um, the ego is fragile. We kind of talked about this. Yep. I don't know where, where this is going to in another come podcast. Out. Uh, in another podcast, but essentially the thought process is that a lot of times women feel like that we have to um, censor our words in order to protect 
our husband's ego. Right. And so when we do that, we don't always feel like we can be as expressive or be our full selves. We have to crouch yes. in our own space yes. for the protection of our husband. Right. And what happens is you don't, you don't, that's a, that's a space that is unfulfilled. Yes. Because just like this jar, there's still a lot of space left. There's still so much potential in me that I feel like I can't show because I feel like either my husband's not going to take it well because of his ego or he's going to feel like I'm challenging him. Yep. And um, they were talking about this idea of like even in the this idea of the patriarchal society that it comes from this notion of scarcity. And that is to say that there can only be one lead in the house. Right. And so if I say something, you are challenging me for this one position. As the leader of the house. As the leader of the house. And so that's where that and you and women don't take it as like this isn't a competition. I want to collaborate with you. Mm-hmm. And for women and that goes back to the conversation that we were having about the podcast and the editing and all of that. It's like this isn't a che- I'm not here to check you. I really do want to like collaborate on this. You talking about the vlog? The vlog. Yeah, yeah. So, would you say that um, you have been oh, working God. towards filling, <laughs> filling up your own space? I feel that I have become aware of not filling my own space, mm-hmm. and then trying. I would say I'm working toward it, but honestly, it's so hard because what ends up happening is it becomes habit. Mm-hmm. You you take it on for your protection as like, this is what, and it's, it's funny too, because it's not something that is asked of you. Right. So it's not necessarily something that you're like, this is what I need you to do. It's something that's just kind of, this is my idea of marriage. This is my idea of a wife. Oh yeah. There's so much of it that, that society puts on you. That just you in just internalize without even saying a word. This is just the, what's expected of you as a woman. You know, um, I remember perfect example. It's unrelated to relationship, but I was I saw this on Twitter and I thought about it. This kid wanted he was a little boy and he wanted a butterfly mm-hmm. on his uh, cheek. He was mm-hmm. getting face painted, and uh, he wanted it in like blue and pink. And he was like four or five, and his dad was like, "No, boys don't get that." And he was like, I don't, I don't, man, I like butterflies. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? And that's just, well, men don't do that. You, you should right. get a fire or a dragon or right. a truck. And so as a kid, you don't know why you can't get a butterfly. You just can't. Right. And that's the thing about a wife. You play with dolls. You don't do this. Girls don't play like this. Boys play like this. Mm-hmm. Guys, men don't cry. Suck it up. Yeah. Why are you crying? You a sissy. Yeah. You know, little things like that are kind of built into you. And then you realize you're 25 and you don't know how to express your feelings. Or you're a wife that you didn't even, you know, uh, imagine. So a funny example, when you were doing this um, jar thing, and I said for those of you who aren't or who are not watching, mm-hmm. she's doing this. And you said, um, I was going to I was going to say it. Yeah. A couple years ago, you wouldn't even have said that. You wouldn't even have you wouldn't even have like corrected me or said nothing like that. Well, I don't, well, maybe that might be true. I've noticed as you, you don't agree? No, because I think, because I really was going to say that, I would have said it regardless. I want to say that over (laughs) the last couple of years, you have been more strong in what, in in, in even how you deal with me, in in all your ways of life. But I remember 
early in our marriage. I, I remember, I think we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I'm just like, hmm, well, okay. Even we, we talked about this on another podcast. When I was shooting YouTube, uh, I always shot YouTube videos and you started the channel with D and you had always picked me up from the airport. And when I got home, it was all about me. And then one day I came home and you were like, I'm shooting. And I was like, but me, yeah, you know what I mean? So that type of stuff I've noticed in little ways, you know, it's, you know, the Melissa filling her space. It's kind of like, I imagine, you know how a catcher is in baseball, Mm-mm. how they, you, <laughs> <laughs> the catcher catches the ball and he's all like scrouched down and small because mm-hmm. he has to catch the ball. You don't realize how, you know, he always has to bend down and mm-hmm. do that for the picture. Yeah. He never, he's the only person on the baseball, you. you know, uh, diamond that's not standing up mm-hmm. straight. And that's kind of, you know, I, mean, I don't know how strong the analogy is, but I imagine that's what it, it's like to be a wife sometimes. Like you always have to be down and blah, blah, blah. Your knees hurt your back aches or whatever. But eventually catchers, I remember asked, they asked this one guy, like, how do you, how do your knees take that? And he was like, actually after a while you, you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how filling your space could be like, you know, and then what, so what well, happens? No, no, no. So I think you, you, you can either accept it or one day you have this really, um, you have this self awareness. Awakening. You have this awakening. There's been an awakening in the list. That. Can you feel it? Going back to your analogy of the catch, the catcher, the pitcher, catcher, catcher. Um, one day you realize my knees hurt, right? <laughs> my back hurts, and that can turn in. That's scary though, because it can turn into one of two things. Mm-hmm. It can turn into husband. My back hurts, and I've allowed my back to hurt. I've allowed myself to crouch to the point where now I have this aching pain. We need to change and evolve yep. and create a new. Yep. Or it's my back hurts. You're the cause of my back hurting. I'm not happy. I need to fix my knees and I need you to go. And that's how couples end up divorced. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Do you think usually, the second one can happen even if that first conversation didn't happen? It can if the husband doesn't adjust to her standing. Right. The husband Ooh, that's good. Can't, has to adjust to her now feeling her space Mm -hmm. because that's going to look different. And again, going back to just that analogy of like being small and little and coward um, or cowardice appearing Mm -hmm. to filling a space can be intimidating. Yes. And that's where that ego check of she's not in competition with me. Right. She wants to collaborate, but in collaborating, she has to have a voice. Yes. That was a great analogy. I, I didn't make that up, child. It was on the podcast that I was listening to. <laughs> and I was like, that is so good. Before I forget, I want to introduce one family of origin thing that I know was really important in our marriage. Um, in my family, we did not go to bed angry. There were no yes. secrets. There was no, you know, unheld stuff, you know, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. We talked about it and we talked about it that night. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I was raised. That's how my mom and dad was. Like, we would just, you know, beef it up or whatever. And then we'd deal with it and go to bed. You, Your family wasn't like that. No. So I remember early in our... And then, like, also in some marriage enrichments, they would say stuff like, uh, don't go to bed angry. Right. That was advice we got often. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bet. That's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I remember early in our marriage, I used to try to force that on you. Mm-hmm. And be like, you know, if you're mad... You know, we need to talk about this. Right. We need to talk about this. And like the more I pushed that, the more you didn't want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. it was always like, you know, very abrasive and right. blah, blah, blah. We, I never got the intended result ever. And then one day you said, 
and and also didn't really have an inner look into how your family handled stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember you said, and honestly, to mom say this last thing, I didn't even realize that's how my family did it until sure. this moment. Like that's just was the way we grew up. But you said, I don't want to talk about this right now. I will talk about it in the morning. Mm-hmm. I need time to cool down. Whatever this is, like maybe year one or two of our marriage. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I turned over and I said, I'm going to give her this night. And if she's still mad in the morning, we're going to be doing it my way because her way doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, that next morning, you were calm. We had a conversation about it. And now in our marriage, there are some nights where you go to bed mad. You, meaning you or me. Sure, sure, sure. Sometimes you will say, I don't want to talk about this right now. Sometimes I'll say, I don't want to talk about this right now. But I realized that forcing my you know childhood on you sure wasn't going to work and i want to i want to clarify something because i know everyone quotes that scripture of not going to bed mad and this is my take let the sun not set on your anger yes my take is that this is melissa theology (laughs) is that sometimes it is better to go to bed after a conversation of this is not going to be a healthy dialogue. Right. If we have this conversation tonight, mm-hmm. then to stay up attempting to fix something. Right. Uh, there are l- many of occasions where your headspace is not appropriate to have a conversation in right. the moment. Yes. You're either too angry, you're too hurt, or any combination of those things where this dialogue will be more harmful mm-hmm. than helpful. Yes. And in that case, I don't even know that you are really honoring, number one, God, mm-hmm. in that moment, especially if you end up cussing, because <laughs> the angrier you get, the more you need God to keep you on the cross. <laughs> and folks start cursing right. folks out. Right. And you want to stand behind, uh, we need to not go to bed mad. Don't let the sun set over our anger. But now it didn't cuss you out. How is that helpful? And also sometimes when you're mad and you haven't had a chance to process your feelings, you're like, that was the other thing I was going to say is that we are all different. Right. Um, just as a matter of there's 6 billion people on Mm -hmm. the world, in the world, Mm -hmm. we process information different. We process our feelings different. And for me, sometimes when I am, I tend to be introspective. I know I say that like all the time, but I can be very, very introspective. And in the moment, sometimes I do need one breath to say, what am I upset about? Right. Is it something he's truly doing? Is it something that I am doing? Is this something that's related to something in the past? Is it something that I am working through? Am I filling my space? And Mm -hmm. he needs to understand that and have that conversation. So that way, when we come back to this, I'm clear headed and I'm focused and I'm able to articulate truly what's going on. Because a lot of times too, um, anger is a symptom of something deeper. Right. And when you're angry, sometimes you only end up arguing about the thing that you said in your anger and not about the true issue. Yes. And that's not helpful or productive either. Right. So that's my piece. <laughs> Roast me if you must, but I promise you that's how I feel about it. And I will, I will stand by that. What I wanted to say, another thing that family of origin worked, that was, this is kind of more funny. Melissa's mom I, I remember being there on certain days. Melissa's mom ran a tight ship and the house was always clean. And I remember days being there early on Saturday or whatever. And Melissa's mom would look around and the house just wasn't up to par. And she would go on a war path and like 
everybody clean. I, you know, like, boom, first of boom. all, Kev was never there. He just heard these stories. I was there. Okay. Don't play. We've been, I've known you since you were 16. I, that's not disputed. I've been there when, when I called her Aunt Mary at the time. I've been there when Aunt Mary was displeased with the house. Now, mind you, her house, my house was not dirty, but Melissa's house was a whole new level of clean. I'm talking about the sink didn't even have a droplet of water in it. Her mom didn't play. So when they, when she'd be this fussing about exaggeration the, as well. When she would fuss about the house not being clean, I'd be like, whoo, it's, boy, I don't know what you would think if you saw my room. So anyway, she would fuss like this and snap the kids into shape. They clean. When our boys were of cleaning age, Melissa, Denise Fredericks, PKA, Miss Kev on stage, AKA Miss Kev on stage will be upset. I get up on Saturday mornings. Oh. Actually, I don't do it nearly as much as I used to. Um, I turn on my Anita Baker, my gospel you music. You never turn on Anita Baker in this house. That's not true at all. Just oh, because you didn't recognize it fair. doesn't mean that's it wasn't played. <laughs> you uh, turn on your gospel. My Kirk, gospel Kirk music. dominates the, the cleaning airways. Yeah, actually, but that that's a fact, though. Um, and I clean and I fuss and I feel exactly like my mom. She sounds like her mom. The kids face looks like list nick and mel's face used to look like why where did this come from and one thing that made it easier to deal with is me seeing her mom do that and know that that is what she saw and then one time she called her sister uh nick and nick was like i be doing the same thing i know i look and sound just like mama i can't even help it so that's one thing where i say when you have met and spent some time with your significant others family and you understand how they work and where they come from it makes understanding them as a person a lot easier it's not you know not right wrong or indifferent you just know oh this is how they came mm-hmm. this is how they came up and when you you know the less time you spend with somebody that's one thing you won't have as much information on that's true and that's just a tool that i had to my you know benefit is i knew how her mom and dad worked and knew like even dating her, I knew her Her dad had paid for everything, paid every bill on time. That other stuff that you, that the game that was easy that I could use on other girls wasn't working for Melissa. Somebody had been telling her she's beautiful her whole life. Somebody had money laid up for her. I, didn't, I couldn't buy her a whole bunch of stuff. But in get. that same token, it also, um, it plays against the idea of being an entrepreneur. Oh, it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Because now... Your both parents work nine to five. And the thing is, both of our parents were in the military, our dads, but Melissa's mom worked jobs. So she had two people pretty much working all her life. My mom never worked a traditional, very rarely worked a traditional job in my childhood. She always ran a business. She always had a hustle. She had travel business, a printing business. So when I was 13, I had a lawnmower business. Yeah. I went around military. And when I was 13, I was doing a paper route. And that's the difference between you and I. I've had you worked a, a job for someone else. Yeah, for I as had, long as I can remember, I've had a paper route or a baby step. I had Kevin's lawn mowing service. Yeah. The flyer, at the time my mom made flyers for people, I made my own flyer. said Kevin's lawn mowing service. <laughs> I remember one time I was at the shop. At, I used to go out because on military base at this time, you're, you had inspections every other Tuesday. And I would go out on Monday and Sunday or Saturday and Monday before inspection, especially in the summer and say, I know inspections coming up, you know, get me to, to mow your lawn. Remember at the shop at one time, I handed this man this flyer printed in color was costing <laughs> my mom was, all my the mom was like, look, you can get 20 color. Don't <laughs> waste all my ink. 
I had my man that flyer. He crumbled it up. I was like, yo, <laughs> if you don't want me to cut your grass, hand that back. That is not cheap. That's but bad. that's different. And I used to sell candy. I used to run my business. I used to go to the commissary. Best part about going to the school on a uh, school that's not on a military base with access to a military base, I could buy candy for 33 cents or sure 13 could. cents and sell it, it for a dollar. It was 33 cents. 33 cents and sell it for a dollar. I had my own candy business. I used to sell candy. I only stopped because <laughs> this kid, a friend of mine named Michael, he stole the candy out of the store. I bought it from the commissary and sold it for a dollar. Who were you hanging around with? He stole candy, so he was selling at 100% profit. I was like, I can't compete with this man. Mm, that's a criminal that enterprise. Was like, I was like, eventually got caught stealing, but by then I was out of the business. But that's an interesting thing that even at a young age, I ran businesses and you worked for the man. I did. And now it's harder for you to work for the, yourself. And it's easy for me because in some ways I've been doing it my whole life. It's true. Okay. What else do you have? Um, Family of origin stuff. Religion. Oh, even the order of birth. Birth. So you're the middle child. Kevin has middle child scorned syndrome, <laughs> and I'm the oldest child. And do the, is the oldest child the one that plays mediator? Yeah. Or is it the youngest? I don't know. Child? All I know is I don't have no godparents, and my brother and sister did. Make that make sense. Why nobody I don't me? have. Why I think the oldest child has like perfect child syndrome. I don't think that I have that though. Maybe to a certain extent. What's perfect child syndrome? I never. Where heard you that. just feel like you have to be the perfect golden angel child. I could see that. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or I did say maybe a little bit. I, I don't think that, that it's totally. So how does that affect your marriage? Being the daughter, the oldest daughter. Um. Or affect your role in marriage. Well, I think for me, it could affect in the fact that I want, it's this idea, I think, of pleasing, Hmm. like finding like your place and like wanting to like, please, okay, I'm a wife. This is the like job description of a wife. Make sure you're checking off all of these boxes. Right. Um, And again, that can go back to like crouching. A wife is. Crouching tiger, hidden Lissa. Yeah. Um, where for you, I think it, it's probably impacted with, um, the boys. Yes. Because also as the oldest, I'm always willing to sacrifice for my younger sisters. Yes. To this day, I will sacrifice for my, my sister because I'm the oldest. I right. can go without my baby sisters cannot. Um, Moving is 33 and 31 years old. I know, but I mean, and now they're fully grown women. Old but children like, came out of their bodies. That's real. But like forever, <laughs> that's the role, you know? Um, where for you, I think because you felt like not neglected, but maybe yeah, forgot oh, about. Absolutely okay, neglected. neglected forgot. forgot about. They fed me. On, they put my food in a dog bowl on the ground okay, okay. and gave gonna, my brother and sister steak at Ruth's Chris. I am. Your mother and father. I am. Um, but. I think, I don't know about being, but they both did have godparents and they both got gifts on their birthdays. And, and so now I think you over compensate. So that's what we're saying. I agree. And even the idea of not having your biological father in your life. It's just became red table talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that has an impact as nope, well. Nope, nope, nope. No impact. I ain't finna talk about that at all. You ain't finna have me crying on no pod. All right, well, moving You gotta on. warn me about that. I ain't finna talk about it. You hear me? So. Actually, I, I don't. I, that all probably plays in. Oh, I'm sure it does. That all probably plays in. 
I think it's about being wanted and what and being seen. Maybe that's why I'm like, oh, I'm Kevin on stage. Look at me, I'm so funny. Because as a kid, I felt like nobody saw me. Red do, table talk. Do we see you now? <laughs> you see me now. You see Two the followers. followers. But some ways, I just feel like I'm that little boy still, who nobody loves. Do you want to lay down? <laughs> So I think that's all I have. That's all I have too. I actually thought we we talked a lot more about this than I thought we'd be able to. Oh really? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's my eye. I feel like I have eye boogers. You don't. Mm. Um, this has been another edition of the Love Hour podcast with your host Miss Kev on stage. I am your co-host Kev on stage. This is Smooth Jazz ninety nine point seven. We do thank you for your support. If you've been listening up until this point, you really like yeah, the podcast. Yeah, this is an hour or so. But also, we want to say that if you have, oh, um, if you have podcast topics or questions, please email them into MissKevonStage at gmail dot com. Yep. I keep saying I'm going to create a podcast at KevonStage email. I have not done that, but <sighs> I shall at some point. Um, it's just not top of mind for me. Um, or leave comments with your suggestions and mm-hmm. um we will take them follow us on all the social medias unless you're following this on watching this on one of our social media platforms and follow us on the other ones make sure to if you want to support us monetarily you can at kevonstage.com you can get melissa's book the journey to self-love you can get that in hard copy or digital download you can get the book you wrote together called 25 tips for a healthy marriage i think there's still some hard covers but definitely digital download Shirts we sell there as well. Tickets to the shows um, are on sale now. KevOnStage.com. And if you don't have a dime, you can always like, rate this podcast, share it with a friend on your social media timeline, or just by telling them. What um, if you don't have the visual version? The audible version is on. If you're audio only listener, by now we should be on Apple, Apple. Podcasts, SoundCloud. And wherever podcasts are found, it should be on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and that's it. Okay, All and that should things. be more than enough. So, uh, God bless you. Yeah, we gotta go because this is giving you. me a headache now. And we'll see you at the Love Conference. See you at the conference 2020, the Love Hour Weekend Getaway Conference 2020, Atlanta, Georgia. Ta ta. Goodbye for now. <laughs>